Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the 169th edition of Cinema Effect. I'm Zach, oh. uh, and I'm joined by my fellow Hans Zimmer appreciator, Jaden. G'day. Good morning, and we've got PTA's number one fanboy, a.k.a. Fitzy, a.k.a. Liam. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Is the word William, does it come from Liam? <laughs> does Liam come from idea? William? Yeah. I'm sorry, that's what I meant. It does? Apparently. And Billy is right. Well. Yeah. Billy's the obvious one, yeah. But you're not, you're not William. Nah. Okay. Okay. Hey, use a friendship and you're only asking no. No, like I, I, like I knew the answer, but for some weird reason, like I've done this intro so many times, and I just, I really wanted to say AKA Fitzy, AKA William. I just wanted to do it. I don't know why. Like it was like this instinctual thing, but it makes no sense. I can't do it, can I? Oh well. Maybe, maybe you know what? Maybe I will just do it. Next time for fun. Okay, Zachary. Sure. Thank you. But Zach that is actually Harry. my name. Yeah, true. Zachary. <laughs> Zachary's a weird name too, man. I'm not going to lie. No, you just have to pronounce it with other haters, K at the end. Yeah. Yeah, mm. exactly. And that, that'll get him. Zachariah. Anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Cinema Effect, the podcast where we review and talk about a different movie every single Monday. And this week, that movie is The Hunger Games, Catching Fire, which opened in the US on November 22nd, 2013. Almost 10 years ago. It was directed by Francis Lawrence. It is an action-adventure film. And the synopsis says, Katniss Everdeen and Peter Malark become targets of the capital after their victory in the 74th Hunger Games sparks a rebellion in the districts of Pan Am. Nice. Okay. Okay. That was a very, very nice non-spoilery synopsis, which I appreciate. All right. Jaden, how many times have you seen Catching Fire? And uh, what the hell do you think about it? I've seen it significantly less than the first one, but I've still seen it quite a few times. I was surprised at the quality this time, genuinely. Like, I, I, I know I had it rated high prior to this, but like, I, 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 going into it, I, I it was almost blind because I haven't seen it in so long. And I was just really genuinely surprised by like how much I loved it and how, how high it kind of was in quality. I think it sacrifices on some of the artistry of the previous one but i think it makes up for it in telling a more developed story i think just about everything else is better in mm. acting cg I, I think even like the way they pre- pre- present like thematic devices from the books the way they translate it to screen i think is great as well yeah i, I think um it's quite great yeah absolutely yeah i'm i'm it sounds like i'm right there with you because i think this movie slaps dude it is maintaining everything great about the first movie in terms of an entertaining first half outside of the games, which stands on its own um, in a lot of ways, and then stepping that up in a ton of areas as well, but mainly stepping up the games because, I, I yeah, I agree. Like the mm. budget, the scale, the visual elements of the games are just all really strong this time. Yeah, man, I think this stays my favourite. I think this is a really, really good movie, definitely an improvement over the first film in my opinion, which was already really good. So, yeah, no, I loved it. Fitzy, what about you? Yeah, it sounds like I had the exact same uh, experience. Um, it was yeah. it was kind of shocking just how like I I love kind of like every second of it. You know, it was really good. You know, it's a great. It, it develops on the it has the same kind of structure as the first one, but it develops in the first one in just a solid way where you kind of have this extra element of like uneasiness to it. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And like the rebellion thing is kind of really. Uh, like well like stitched into the background and 
you know, even the games, it's not it's not like a repeat of the first game. It's it has a different dynamic, well, a secret kind of d- dynamic that you learn later. But everything about it is just kind of improved and great. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. I do. Yeah. I do really feel that there is this this underlying tension that builds really well in that first half regarding the the political situation. Like you said, like it has a lot of time to really breathe and sit with you and and for some pretty decent drama to play out before it even becomes clear that they're going back into the games in this film. And I think, yeah, I, I was really, really impressed by that stuff this time, so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. In that way, in terms of, yeah, thinking about the structure compared to the first film, which, you know, we talked a lot about in the first review how it really does feel like two films um, because there's that clear divide in the, at the halfway point. This is similar. But how was for you, for you this time, like the first half versus the second half this time around? Because it sounds like you really like the second half, but like was there more, more of a distinction or uh, like the, the balance between the two and their quality, you know what I mean? Like how did you just right, yeah. enjoy them together? Yeah. Well, like, yeah, I enjoyed the games much more this time. And it's like the, the games have less like, in, there's less like encounters in the games. There's like survival situations, but there's less like one-on-one. And kind of like, you know, person to person encounters. Um, yeah, it's more like against nature, and it more like utilizes the you know the CG and the the environment more. But yeah, like it just flows really well. Um, there's there's no like lapse of I didn't have like a lapse of kind of engagement as I might have had last time. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Are you are you the same way, Jane? Like, do you think the games are a step up? Yeah, probably. Just in that it, it is that bit bit more of a kind of dynamic experience and not as traditional as placing a character in the woods. I think the, I, I, I think what you saying before about like, how like it still kind of feels like there's a, like that split halfway point. Um, I think this one's far better integrated just by nature of the through line of like all the characters into it and kind of then understanding later, like that later reveal as well makes that kind of oh, yeah. transition even, you know, more neat. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I was really impressed this time with like just the the concept of like we talked about some of the early scenes, but just the concept of like all of the games being made up of past tribute, uh, past victors. Like the tributes are all past victors. That's just a really cool idea, and it totally changes the way you get introduced to all of the characters, and then how the sort of the, just all the dynamics between them and how the games play out. Yeah, it does make for within the games themselves because it's so much more built around these alliances, it does re- really change. Like a lot of the sequences feel much more like sort of set pieces like 50 set against the environment or just sort of larger CG, like, you know, shit going on as opposed to combat stuff. And I don't know, I was just, I just, I just thought it was just such a cool idea and we get introduced to so many cool cast members I want to talk about, but like the way it also changes the whole build up to the games as well, like, how, because they're all previous victors, they all have some sway and like the, the the little stuff they try and do, like trying to campaign to stop the game subtly in the in the their interviews um, prior was really cool and why they all hold hands at the end is great as well. So like it's it's just a great way to make these games and the build up to them stand out compared to the first one. I don't feel like I'm doing the same shit again. Like it does really feel like even though it very much follows the same beats and you go through the same process that they go through in the first movie of all the different steps before the games, it feels remixed in a really in a really interesting way where you don't know who's going to react in what way and, and how everything's sort of changed, you know. So 
I was I was impressed by that for sure. And I was also just, yeah, I don't know. I, I probably, I totally agree that games were stepped up. I probably still enjoyed the first half a little bit more again, actually. Mm. And part of that is because, like, that, that, it all starts, I think, with that Katniss and Snow scene in her house. Really, really good scene. And, like, the character and political conflicts are just so strong there. And everything that sets up for the first sort of half an hour where, like, Snow tries to make them political pawns and the way that works against him and it's all it's all just very interesting stuff you know when they the way district 11 plays out is pretty brutal everyone like i, I just thought of that uh fallout 4 thing where everyone disliked that you know after <laughs> uh, when when after that and they have to go to every crowd and like just just do the same shit but yeah i don't know like the way they get more into like the actual overall conflicts within uh the, the landscape of pan am it's like and just learning more about Snow and all those scenes with Snow where he's like trying to think about his strategy and think about, you know, basically you, you get some insight into how he dictates, I guess. It was quite interesting. You know, you see that he's very mindful and emotionally intelligent for a dictator, I would say. And, you know, that scene where hmm. he's like, you know, fear doesn't fear doesn't work if there is hope, no matter how much fear you put out there. And he and it's like just him saying that and being aware of that in the position he is is like kind of interesting to me, and um, just you know it continues to further how interesting of a, of a character I feel like he is. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like a lot of those earlier scenes were were really good. I thought. Is there was when you when you said Jane regarding the thematic devices from the books? Is there is that related to this sort of rebellion stuff and the political stuff at the start? I thought it might be, but I just wanted to ask. Yes, kind of. I think. I think that, like that. Um, sorry, it took, it took me a while to think about what I was actually talking about. Um, yeah, ma- mainly it was about like stuff at the start. Some of the so, so, some of the victors right as well. Okay. Do you mean like when yeah. they like the what the situation ends up being in District Twelve, in terms of like how violent it gets and stuff? Is that what you mean? I I, I meant more as like as like literally like um you know what, what what Suzanne Collins tries to convey through words just themes you know like the themes that she tries to convey yeah. are adapted really well here in Egypt but but you know through a different medium no 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 I, I totally get it I, I it's been so long since I've read those books is it is it things like you know fear and, and like that snow thing I was talking about is it things like that and and how far you push people and yes. that kind of shit yeah. and violence a lot of it, yeah yeah, a lot of it was. There. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Is there also an aspect? Because another another note I had during throughout all this stuff from looking at it from Katniss's point of view was, um, like seeing, she she says at one point she wishes she hadn't eaten the berries, so everyone would be safe, and everyone everything would just continue as it was. And so basically, she's saying she you know she wish at this point she basically I guess sees the capitals un, undefeatable. So she's thinking oh, I'd just save everyone all this trouble if I hadn't even done this in the first place but there is something interesting there where it's like that well, i mean that's fear talking in her obviously and she's reluctant to become the leader or the, or the face of you know something that's going to put a lot of people in danger but you know it's really but it's also really important she did it you know and just sort of that that back and forth of how far do you go or what are you willing to do you know to make a change basically and at that point she sort of is reluctant to, to to push that envelope, you know. Is I assume that's sort of part of the books as well. I don't know if you remember that or not, but I just I just felt like that was pretty important. Mm. Yeah, for sure. There are some great new additions to the cast this time. I got to say, 
Sonoma basically, it, it was interesting. This was something that made the first half feel really organic as well, is the fact that Snow goes through two other strategies and conversations with Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. What's his, oh my God, he's got such a dumb name. Isn't it like he, he, Plutarch Heavensby? Oh, is that Plutarch. what it is? Plutarch, yeah, that's right. Mm, it's one of the worst names of all time. Um, anyway, <laughs> imagine naming a character that. I guess it, is the idea, I guess he's meant to be like, we're meant to think he's like a pretentious capital person. So I guess that is kind of a yeah. fancy name uh, for that, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, there was like a moment when like, uh, you, you know, Evie's character. Um, what's her name? Evie? Effie. Effie? Effie. Yeah. yeah. She like calls the two other people in the capital and they also have like pretentious, like, you know, long <laughs> Greek names. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, is, that actually is kind of funny, but it's impossible. I'm not going to remember it, I think. Anyway, like, I really enjoyed all the scenes with him and Do- Donald Sutherland because, like, before they even get to putting them back in the games, like the story really justifies the choice to do it because it takes them, you, you see the progression of the mindset of the capital of Snow himself, obviously. It's like, well, it, does, it doesn't just jump to it. It doesn't feel like, oh, this is a second Hunger Games movie, so I'm just going to make this decision in one scene to put them back in the games. You know what I mean? Uh, I just felt like mm. it, t- it took them half an hour of like multiple scenes with Snow where he has to justify getting to the point where they realize, oh, this is what we're going to do now, you know, because these other things didn't work. He he gave them the opportunity on the tour to, you know, convince everyone that uh, that they were in love or whatever. Um, that That didn't work. And that's that's like twenty five minutes in the movie, you know. Um, then after that, he still tries and you know does the the thing where he broadcasts a lot of dangerous stuff and violent stuff going on in the districts and stuff, and that doesn't work either. So then you eventually get to the games, and by that point, it just feels like a very logical step. It just sort of makes perfect sense and actually feels smart as opposed to forced. So I thought that was clever. I really liked that. Obviously, that's from the book, I assume. Although actually, the book wouldn't have scenes from Snow's perspective, would it? I don't recall. I, I think it definitely would cut away to him. Um, okay. But I, I also feel like uh, – let me check if there's a difference in the versions, if there's a few versions, because I, I feel like I was missing scenes this time. Oh, in the film? Just before that, like, I agree about yeah. everything. Everything said about Snow is really great. Like his uh, – he like yeah, his emotional intelligence is the way he tries to um, man- manipulate the, um, you know, the media and – um, yeah, his you know ideology is all really well. I don't think he's. I don't know what he actually like believes. I I, I mean he believes in what he's doing. I guess. Um, I guess we'll see that in the prequel. But like, um, yeah, the way he's like smart about it is really cool. And his conversations and his drip, dude, his fashion. He, he looks so good. And <laughs> that scene where he's like at the house, he's like really sick. But um, his conversations with Plutarch, I think Philip Seymour Hoffman is really good. At playing a character that even this time I felt like ambivalent about because he plays the the kind of you know mastermind uh, character really well and mm. um, the kind of guy who feels a bit distant from the capital but still like really into um, the uh, uh, the manipulation aspect I guess or I don't know what whatever yeah. it is the master yeah. kind of aspect so yeah. yeah he's just really great in it. And like, yeah, having those two veteran actors being like the main, what some of the main focuses of the film was really like a strong choice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's a, no, that's a really good point because 
I don't think, if you just watch the film, I don't think you can really see the twist coming necessarily that he's actually good the whole time. I think that's well hidden. Yeah. Um, but there is this, I agree in that there is this small element of like that first scene that he has with Katniss at the party where, you know, they dance and that conversation they have, there is this sense in it. Not that there's anything like necessarily fishy strictly about him, but there is this sense that he he acknowledges in some way that like the capital, he's self-aware that the capital is sort of whack and like yeah, he sort yeah. of says that, and 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 that being the you you're getting that from him right away, makes makes sort of everything else fall into place. Yeah, like even the way he says like, like enjoy, are you enjoying the party and that kind of thing, and the way he kind of warms yeah. up to her was was very like empathetic and like um, yeah, he does feel like he's aware of the kind of ridiculousness of the capital. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It also led to my that conversation. I mean, I love yeah, I love your point about the media as well, and that was obviously a part of the first film. But I feel like them actually seeing them actually make decisions about what is broadcast even only furthers the whole media sort of commentary. But like in that one scene, I love dude like Philip Seymour Hoffman's delivery of the line when when he says, "What's the cake going to be? Executions!" Like well, when the yeah, way yeah. he said that was so funny to me. I just thought it was great. Like, yeah, well, what's the dress going to be? Beheadings. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and yeah, in terms of snow, like going back to that for a second, because this movie in particular, and I hope this continues, but this is making me more and more excited for the for the November movie because I thought the concept can't sounded cool in the first place, but this is just reminding me how interesting snow is. So then now, hopefully, when I dive into the film, like I'm just going to be even more interested and invested in whatever the hell we learn about him. You know, I'm like genuinely really care about it now. It's cool. Yeah, because I don't know about the next two films, but like as I was saying earlier, I don't think you like you reveal. I don't think it reveals the reasons why he he believes what he does, or he does what he does. Although, like you totally no, believe it. So. Um, just but. I think there's there's an interesting. It, it creates a parallel between like characters that, that come in the later two films. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you kind of get do get a reveal. So it t- it kind of does reveal his senses in that way that you you see it you see it mirrored. Yeah, you know what you mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I also know what you mean. But yeah, I'm super stoked to see that backstory now, like even more so. And like having in you know, all of his scenes, um, Donald Sutherland great as always. But like in that scene, like I love the choice to have his granddaughter in the scenes. Like that's every time. Like I think she has two lines or something. But like every time, it's like it feels perfect that there's like. The person sitting right there next to him is like the future and is, you know, has this different view of Katniss. It's just really interesting. I like it. Um, were there multiple versions of the film, Jaden? No, no, I was, I was wrong. I guess I was perhaps remembering visualizations in my head from the book. Oh, sure, sure. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> there was one thing, yeah, I was reading in the trivia. I got a bit more trivia about the world building again, but... um. That I thought was cool, but I was reading in the trivia about the Avoxes, and I totally forgot about them. But they're not. Yeah. I, I, do they come in later into the films, or because they are they are mentioned heavily in the books? But I don't, I don't remember. I don't think so because yeah. they're, they're only in the capital, right? Or are they in the districts as no, well? No, I think they're only in the capital. Yeah, because Katniss had never heard of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I read the trivia that there's like you can see one in the background of this movie, but they just don't they don't touch on it. You know. Yeah, those are the, those are, for those that don't know, those are the characters who in the capital they're like servants of the capital, but they have no tongues, and uh, yeah, it's kind of kind of gross, kind of messed up. 
There we go. Oh, yeah. Well, we talked about Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's great. We got a few new cast additions as well. I mean, oh, well, in terms of some of the recurring cast, like, dude, Stanley Tucci just cracks me up so much in this movie. I feel like he's even <laughs> better in this one. Like, some of it, like the way he yeah. laughs is so great. Oh, my God. It was cool to see Effie sort of develop a little bit as well, seeing that she, you know, get into the team spirit a little bit. I thought that was cool. And then from there, I mean, we talk about you're, of course, you know, I'll spare you the Team Gale versus Team Peter thing, but I will say that uh, I'm Team Finnick, personally. You know what I mean? He's great. I, I, I don't know who that actor is. He's, he's so got a familiar wife. to me, but he was great. He's got a wife? He's got a partner. Oh, yeah. Or he's got a partner at least. Yeah. Is, is that – so the girl Annie you volunteered for was his partner. That was the idea. Annie is his partner. Mags was the one that volunteered in place, I think. Oh, yes, yes. Sorry, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got it, got it. Yeah, I didn't think Mags was his partner necessarily, you know. Um, hmm. I think that, I think this film is kind of where it showed. I, I think this is where it kind of exposes. Like, like I, 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 I think the whole team Gale team 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 Peter thing is just so crap. And I, I think this this film reveals <laughs> why it's crap. Because like it, it, like neither is a good suitor for Canis, and it doesn't matter. And yeah, like the fact that like the media in the real world focused on that. It's kind of annoying and disappointing. Did they um, actually, though? Like, I actually don't know. I feel like they did because I feel like they were trying to mirror like the Twilight thing of oh, oh Jacob or the other. Yeah, I just find that funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, and I just, I, I just think it, it, it doesn't have its place here. Like, I think it, it, it does probably in the books where it's a bit more fleshed out, and there is definitely a you know triangle because it's a young adult novel. But like, I, 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 I think in, I, I think it's definitely. Stupid. I can't believe I can't believe you, you've positioned me to have to defend it, Jaden. But um, <laughs> but dude, in this movie, like, it's much more clear that Katniss like has a romantic relationship with Gail. He, 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 that's much more established. They kiss multiple times, I think. And like, you have this whole extended thing where it's like how much she cares about Gail. Much more like, in the dude, he had way more to do in the in the opening of this movie. And I feel like this yeah. is way more established compared to then when she has to go back to Peter and they and the act continues there. I feel like there's just a lot more there this time compared to the first one. But I, I, I think I think this I think I think this film it, it exposes it, it starts to reveal the rifts between Gail's thinking and Candace's thinking and like because she does That's end up true. with him, right? That's true. She does end up with Peter. Uh, like I think this was this is where it starts to show like the divide between them, and that only really does grow. But I don't think Peter was ever like a genuine interest to her either. I just, I, I mm. you're like she. I think she does buy into the games eventually. At the end, it's kind of bittersweet in that she does marry Peter. Right? I just, yeah, no, I hate it. I hate, the, I hate the love triangle. What else we have? Yeah, yeah. Finnick was great. There were just tons of recognizable faces in this movie. Again, you had Jeffrey Wright turn up. He's great. You know, yeah. just make sure we watch the same movie. And um, yeah, no, I was, I was, I was I, like, I only recognised him as Bernard, and like, I just kept on thinking of him as Bernard. Oh, it's Bernard. <laughs> yeah, like, like that's his real name. Wait, yeah. it's Bernard playing Beatty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that that was that was good stuff, dude. Dude, all of the trivia for this movie, like, like I'm not even kidding, like probably half of it was just about the Jenna Malone strip scene, just all of the trivia. It was like, Jenna yeah. Malone uh, actually stripped in the elevator and then it scroll down three and there's like another rewritten version of the same thing. It's like, oh, my God, guys, calm down, calm down. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, she apparently did actually strip in the elevator, so there you go. Jenna Malone was quite a big thing, wasn't she? But I feel like she's like 
kind of not now. Oh, as an actress. Right? Liam? Yeah, I, 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 feel, I feel like you can talk to that, Liam, right? I don't know. Um, well, I don't, I don't know how big she was after Donnie Darko. But, like, because this was, this was, that, that was, like, 12 years or something earlier. So there would mm. have been, like, a mediated film between them, but I don't... I can't think of anything at the moment. Um, but, like... I just feel like I used to see her name crop up a lot more in, like, the media. Yeah, yeah. I think she was big after this film. But it's sort of like the... It's sort of not dissimilar to Josh Hutchison, maybe, because, like, he was big. I haven't seen yeah. him in ages. I still see his name pop up often. Do you? Um, well, more than Malone, to be fair. But, I mean, like, he's, he's, got, he's got FNAF coming. And he was in Upgrade, wasn't he? And he's got that other, like, quirky, weird sci-fi show. Oh, okay. Okay. Like, uh, he, I think he's got his projects that carry through to the popularity kind of side. Okay. Okay. I get you. I bet Fitzy was absolutely stoked when Jack Quaid got his one-second cameo, though. His PTSD oh, yeah, cameo. That's the second, second of the movie right there. How much do you reckon he got paid for that one one second shot? <laughs> okay. I'd yes. love to know. In terms of the games themselves, though, we've already touched on it. This was a perspective I wanted to get your thoughts on, Jaden. Like, how obvious to you, if you can try and get back to the, the space with when you're reading this book for the first time, like reading or watching or anything, like how obvious to you was it that they were going to go back into the games in this second one? Huh. Great question. Um before I started reading the books, I thought that all three books were what the one Hunger Games. Mm. Like I, I, I thought I thought that one game that Candace was in continued for the three books um, before I started reading them. That's that, um, that's so sort when, of make I sort of that's weird to think about now, but I sort of understand why you think. So, so, so when the Hunger Games ended, ended in the first one, I remember being distinctly confused as like what the fuck they're gonna do. Um, so like I don't know if a twelve year old me, eleven year old me, however old I was. I think yeah no um, I I had no clue what was happening it was it was, it was a very exciting kind of journey to go on mm, that's awesome yeah yeah I, I had a very similar thing I felt I felt pretty dumb I, I had no clue like when I was reading that book and and it was revealed that I have to go back into the Hunger Games like literally as I was reading it I was like mm. I remember being like wow this is a really this is like a plot twist to me <laughs> but like I, <laughs> but it probably sounds really stupid because everyone else. Like my brother's never seen these movies, and he was like right up, right at the start of the first one. He was like, "Okay, are they just going to have to go to the Hunger Games four times, knowing there's four movies?" And like, it's funny, my yeah. brain never worked that way when I started this series. I just never considered it. I don't know why. Well, he's still wrong. But, he uh, is wrong about that, yes. But um, yeah. but it's funny. But it's just funny that like some people think yeah, it's really they, obvious. They of course, they're going to go to the yeah. do the Hunger Games multiple times, and I just had never considered it at all. Well. Like after, like after finishing the first book, I think my thought was that we're going to see her become a become a mentor for like for a few books. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. wouldn't, yeah. That's kind of interesting too. Um, I don't know if you even have an answer to that, Fitzy, but because I assume maybe like if you'd just seen trailers for this movie and that's all you knew, like maybe like that would obviously. All right, yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, because I think I saw this at the cinema in twenty thirteen. So yeah, I would have uh, just seen the trailers. Yeah, yeah. I felt like the only person on earth who had no idea at some point. Uh, but this time, I noted the games actually begin to pass halfway through the film. The film's about fifteen minutes longer, so you know it ends up pre- it ends up being pretty similar to the first one. But of of course, got some got some big trivia, which I loved by the way. A total of forty eight minutes, including the entirety of the arena sequences, were shot with IMAX cameras. How did we dig that IMAX transition when she comes out of the she, she comes out of the elevator, ascends into the games? 
Uh, well, Stan didn't change the bars, so I didn't even notice a massive transition. Wait, really? Stan <laughs> didn't, didn't change the Netflix, bars? They don't cha- usually change the bars. Yeah. Netflix 100% changed. It went, it went to did Netflix. It? Okay. Yeah, sure. it did. They don't usually, but they didn't fit Interstellar. Oh, really? Well, right. Maybe it depends on the movie. That's so weird. Yeah. Oh, that's such a bummer. Chandon, how did you watch it? Did it happen? Yeah, I watched it on Netflix. Yeah? I don't recall. Oh, okay. Okay, fair enough. No, that's a bummer. Did, um, I loved it. I thought it was so cool. Was it all the arena scenes or was it just part of it? No, it was all of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, so I don't remember the transition though, though, then, but I feel like I do remember a full screen. For the arena, yeah, 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 it was. Yeah, it was yeah. totally full screen. Yeah, okay. It would. Okay. Oh, dude, you should go back and rewatch the scene where she comes out of the elevator. You know when Cinder gets beat up, yeah, and, and it starts there, and it's and it's uh, and it's like it's two, three, five, and then she starts she starts rising, and like the second they cut to the shot where like you get like it, she's still in there, but it, you sort of, the shot's sort of looking up, and you get like the glimpse of the sky. It like yeah. it goes wide, but your brain doesn't really register it because it's still sort of dark. And then, and she rises out, and oh, it was so cool! I thought it was awesome. And then, yeah, and, and it just suddenly you feel like as as you enter into the arena, it feels like a whole new like level of immersion has entered on my screen. And it's so funny because like I'm just watching it on my TV, so it's not, not even like it can reach its full effect oh, yeah. or anything like yeah. that. But it was still, I still thought it was really neat. I thought it was really cool. It worked for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 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 when you watch it, yeah. Not full screen, so like if you have like stuff like the the like the the internet tab visible, like the the films already like cropped in for some reason. Oh, so I didn't have it full screen. So like I, I like it, it the the screen did widen, but it didn't like the black bars on the side were still existing. So like it was like I, I think I didn't realize because of that. Yeah. Wait, so hang on, you hang on, so hang on. Wait, you watched the film with like Chrome tabs up the top? Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why I did it like that last night, but I I just did. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, it was a. It was strange. Oh god, you're getting me close to becoming like Nolan level pretentious with this man. Oh my god, yeah. that's like some, that's like triggering. Anyway, <laughs> um, how, how did we feel about like the opening itself, and, and even just like the the setting of the games, the visual elements of, of these games compared to the first one? Because like for me, I just thought the tropical setting and and the water element, especially the cornucopia, was was much cooler. Well, I like, I like the way how, like, in, in, in the books, they detail that, like, fuck all the tributes can swim because there's no, like, water in, like, their districts. True. Um, but obviously, you lose out on that detail. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I think it definitely has a, has, has a cool element. For sure. I don't, like, visually, I, you know, I, I'm not over the can on the tropic thing, but, like, Oh, yeah, really? I, I, okay. Think, okay. I think dynamically. Oh, I, I think it's much cooler. Like, compared to the – I understand the, the, the original is the original, so it's, like, the, you'd understand it's to be, like, the most base version of it to let audiences mm. understand it the easiest i get that but like compare it was just like a patch of grass you know what i mean <laughs> like this is just so much cooler i think when they come out and it's like yeah it feels like this tropical island thing and the waves and the way they they spin the island eventually when they get there that's i just think it's neat as i think it's really cool does this arena feel smaller than, than the other one it does right yes yeah like the other one felt like it was like like this one you can, you can walk across in a few hours the other one felt like it was like you know a day tr- yeah that's a great point yeah, I wonder how you feel about that, about that, Fitzy, because I, yeah, I think I like that better than the first one. Because the, in the first one, you mm. remember that scene in the first one where Katniss, um, she like escapes the zone with the fire and she comes out yeah. and like, and then the, the, the careers are all there. And because the idea was that they lured her to, to them, 
and they're and they're already just there. But it's sort of just like as the viewer, you don't have a sense of geography within the arena itself. It sort of just it just happens, and it's like you know, there's something wrong with yeah. it. But in this film, I have a much stronger sense. You sort of understand where everyone is in relation to each other when they're describing it. Like in that scene when they're describing, you know, the strategy of should we hang out at the beach or not, and in relation to everywhere else, because especially I think earlier. There's a shot where, like, you can basically see the whole arena, knowing where the force field is. Anyway, yeah, we, knowing what, keeping all that in mind, like, it feels a lot smaller, but it creates more tension because you actually can sort of picture and understand where the others might be. Um, I think it does a much better job of that. Yeah, so it's, I hadn't really considered it, but I like it a lot. How do you how do you feel about all of that fits you the setting, and or did you have maybe a standout uh, set piece within the games that that really stood out to you this time? Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you about like the simplicity of the geography. Um, it makes it much easier to understand that you know it's just divided into like twelve parts, and it's a smaller kind of map, and you don't have like you know rivers and crevices and stuff. You just kind of have a jungle, um, like on the outside. I, I do feel like in the first one you understood more, like where the careers were. They kind of showed you the map, like in the actual, you know, in the room where they make. Where they yeah. made stuff of the games, you understood the like control center the position. Or yeah, be. control center. Yeah. You, you understand like the positions of other people more, but like yeah, for the main group, it, it's easy to understand like uh, where they are and shit. Yeah, yeah. The oh, I thought the fog thing was really amazing. Um, that whole sequence was was really mm. brilliant. I don't know, like it, it was like something. It was very, uh, you know, pretty horrific. The the uh, the mute the the uh, capuscles, you know, the freaking. Moles. Oh, the shit on your face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Absolutely. And it was like a really good. It, it was kind of like the the crackerjack or the, the you know the crackerjack thing in the first one where it was like the the mm. bees. It just it, it felt like an improved version of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah, the way the sequences. Yeah, I don't know. Just the way the games flow this time is really fun. Like I think all the sequences are quite memorable. Like even down to the, it's not my favorite, but even down to the one where, cause just because it's different, like when the they have the the what are they called the birds that like are meant to sound like, you know, family members or whatever. The mockingjay. Oh, are they mockingjays? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Well, that's well, that's that's pretty cool. Um, like even down to that, like that, because that that's just sort of a different level of you mm. know torture being inflicted. You know, so that's kind of different. That's cool. They, um, they had a different name in the film though. I'm pretty sure they did. Because like. Oh, Jabberjays. Sorry, Jabberjays. Yeah. Because the Jabberjays and the Locking Birds. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that, so all those sequences are quite memorable and flow together with, I think, the Spinning Island probably being the most similar to the first movie, just in terms of it's the most like, you know, archery, combat, axe throwing stuff we get. But even the, the fact the island is spinning adds a new element to it. And then sort of, yeah, in between, there's just these cool little scenes, character interaction scenes of planning and you know who do you trust, and I, I, I just, I just eat all that stuff up. I think it's really cool. My favorite set piece though is probably the monkeys, dude. They suck. They, they're so bad, mm. but because they're the worst. You know what I mean? They look really good, and I think that's where the budget feels spe- stepped up, especially compared to like the weird dogs from the first one. Um, yeah, but they were terrifying, man. I couldn't stand them. Yeah, they, they were a standout. They were scary. Well, they go, they go right from like one to the other as well because they are like. Like in terms of the clock structure, but they go from like one hour to the next. Um, yeah. yeah. So like they, they, you know, they go to the lake and they're healed and they look right up at the freaking vicious monkeys, which was like fun in a, like a combat in a combat sense, I guess, because like the 
the acid stuff it was just like running away from and like trying to like you know carry people and shit and like have like keep the resources like going yeah but like here you had like all three of them like fending off the monkeys you know so that was that was fun yeah yeah no 100 percent. i must say though I mean, the whole Mags being in there was cool because you know she's so screwed the entire time, and I liked her ending in that in the scene that you're talking about, Fitzy. Dude, Peter is an absolute chump in these games, though, man. Like he is actually significantly worse than even the first one, and it wasn't even like his performance in the first one was that impressive. God, he gets, dude, he gets like carried, and like I know he literally gets carried, but I'm like, yeah. Is a damsel in distress. Yeah. Oh, big time, man. I don't think he does anything useful in this entire thing. I'm not going to lie, except almost die. Like, I felt like when he when he went face-to-face with the monkey, he was actually, like, you know, fending them off a little bit. I was like, okay, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> <You know what's laughs> he started waving his hand around. Oh, my God, Peter's doing something, everyone. Yeah. Look. <laughs> I thought he was going to start just slaughtering them all, you know, oh getting them to the God. beach. Candace, like, you know, made the promise to Hamish, wanted, it, wanted him to live so bad. He didn't stand a chance. Are you kidding me? If these games had actually, if the ending didn't play out the way it did and these games were actually, you know, went to a finish. Well, that, that's on. why he's so, like, intent on allies in the first one and the second one. You know, he's like. He knows his shit. He's always strategic. He's always, like, strategizing with uh, Hamish and saying what he can do to, like, not fight. Yeah, I guess so. In the first movie, you know Peter's and Katniss's training scores. The scale is 1 to 12. Peter was 8. I'm just going to pause there for a second. How the fuck did Peter get an 8 in the first one, Jaden? What did he do? Because of his strength. He was, he, was, he was showcasing how strong he is. Dude, I don't think he ever used that in the games. Oh, my God. Anyway, sorry. I, but, uh, I will continue with the actual trivia, though. Uh, Peter was 8 and Katniss was 11. In this movie, um, you don't see what their training scores are. But in the books, they both get 12s. The on- they're the only tributes to ever get 12s. And it is suggested it's because the game makers want to punish them and make them targets for the other tributes. Pretty smart. Pretty smart. Makes a lot of sense. I just noted that because I noted they didn't give them scores. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's one of the scenes I actually thought was missing. I thought we saw that in uh, the movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was a good choice though because like it subtly takes the focus away from the like competition element of the games. Mm. And like it's the same thing with... I mean, they do like a short showcase of like showing how OP the other, you know, like District 1 and 2 guys are, but it's not as like extensive as the first one. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, that's also why Peter's even more useless because like all the other people are like experienced killers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did Peter, I don't think he killed anyone in the first games. I think he killed anyone in the second game, did he? Oh, God, no, no. I'm not even running. I'm running the second ones off. <laughs> oh, he, killed, he killed that guy in the... You know, would... Oh, in the water. Yeah, that's right. He drowns Does the he? guy. Yeah. 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 What does he do? Because they, they, they both go under, and then you hear a cannon, no, no, and then no. you have to wait for like, oh, one of them to... Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's true. That's yeah, he probably just got lucky, to be fair. It was probably like a fish yeah. or something that killed the other guy. Yeah. Fucking shark down there. Oh, you wouldn't put it past them. Okay, cool. Do water in trees actually work like that? Yeah, yeah. That's like that's a real device. Yeah, but like, uh, uh, but no, I, I figured that. But like, is it actually that? It, in, in certain in, in certain trees, I think 
like the store like it is like i think that's how you like the, the way i mainly know that is like that's how you like it's a maple tap you know that's how you get like maple syrup out of trees and shit like that oh. is, is, is what i thought is like actual use was okay no that makes sense you know i was just curious because like i'm sure it works to an extent but i sort of for some reason pictured it in real life being like you do it and then like i don't know if you drops come out or some shit you know what i mean like it was like mm-hmm. they got some good water from that it's like the best donation anyone could ask for really mm. Maybe it's like the tropical thing. Maybe it's tropical trees do that. True, true. Yeah, maybe. Transitioning a little bit here to the ending, I assume, because I wrote this down, I wrote down as a note at the time when it happened, did the morphling sacrifice herself? That's like that's like the drugo from whatever district, District 6 or something. But I assume that's all just meant to be the fact that she was in on saving Katniss from the start, right? And that's what that ended up yeah. being? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Peter, yeah. She saves Peter. Yes, yes. Actually, she does, yes. In terms of the ending, though, this is the only part of the film I'm a little bit unsure about. I have a little bit of uneasiness towards, and that is in relation to is it underwhelming a little bit, you know? Did this feeling linger with you guys at all? No, not really. No. I thought, okay. I, yeah, no. You just thought it was like solid. You 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 wanted to get to the next one because I assume with it being the cliffhanger, it is. I assume you just want, want you know going to want to be excited for the next one. Yeah, it feels um no like I like the way the end like with the tree like the end the ending in the games kind of happens where it is very like disorientating and you don't know like what the hell happened at the tree. You don't know what happened with Peter. You don't know what happened in general. The ending where it's like you know, there is no District Twelve and like half the thing, half of the uh, tributes have been in on it is kind of like like it feels almost like fan fictiony, but it works really well because um, it, it like skips a lot and there's like a lot that you don't see. But yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, I think it works after like the disorientation and the fact that like everything makes sense. Still, it, it doesn't come out of nowhere. Because there was like three or four times where people sacrificed themselves or tried to sacrifice themselves, you know, in the games. Yeah. And then you also saw the riots in the background when like Candace like looks through, looks at the monitor and stuff. So I feel like yes. it, it makes a lot of jumps, but it, it's all, it you know, it's all accounted for. Yeah. 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 No, that's fair. That's fair. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that's why I don't, I don't think it's bad. I just didn't, I didn't find it that satisfying this time. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I, I do really like the idea that half the tributes are in on it. Um, I think it's more than anything probably like the actual final scene, like when she wakes up for the second time and Gail's there. It wasn't as resolute. Like, I understand it's meant to be obviously be a cliffhanger, but I feel like there was almost zero resolution in and of itself of anything where it just sort of felt a little lacking for me. Like, especially, I don't know, like when even emotionally, like when he says there is no District 12, but everyone made it out that we know, so I don't really care. Sorry, you know what I mean. That 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 was at least my reaction to it. Like if if there was a bigger reveal of something or something worse had happened, even like I don't know, like a whole I understand a whole like portion of the country was wiped out. It's pretty bad. But like it and the way he, he just exp- he just describes it though. So like I don't know. I, I was lacking. Maybe I needed a, at least a visual or at least more of a stakes thing for me to care a little bit more. Especially when like Peter's just sort of gone. That is that is true. That was quite disorienting. But 
Maybe if we'd like had a shot of Peter. I don't know. I don't know. There was like something in the way these little last two scenes sort of flowed. It was a bit But awful. then what you're describing risks what you were talking about like the last time in that you don't really want to cut away from Katniss's point of view at this point because you're so ingrained in it. Mm. If you show Peter getting taken or, you know, where he is in the capital, or if you show District 12 getting fired, mm. it also cheapens, I think, the reveals in Mockingjay then. Mm, possibly. No, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I'm still, like, visualising a version of the film where you sort of can just cut to a ruined District 12, where, but Gail's commentary, st- he's still talking. You know what I mean? Like, you don't leave the scene mm-hmm. audio-wise. I don't know. I feel like you can do something like that. I don't know. That was just a little, little hesitation. But I do like the direction of the story and the fact that, like I said, they were all in on it and the revolution has begun, you know. like That, that is a cool point to, you know, head into the next film on. No doubt about that. Another weird one, I'm not going to lie. When some, it felt like, you know, like the whole like really long animated logo they do at the end? Mm. It felt like someone worked really hard on that for way too long in Cinema 4D and just really wanted to show it off. It was kind of weird. <laughs> it just kept going. They, they, yeah, they had a whole team for that. Yeah, yeah exactly. It just like, you expect like a quick logo flash at the end of your movie and it just like went for like 20 seconds. I was like, Jesus Christ, that's weird. Because it's catching fire, you know, like you see the logo sure. as it catches fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty, uh, yeah, it's pretty on the nose. I got it. But I mean, yeah. in terms of District Twelve, sorry, Fizzy, go for it, go for it. Well, I was just saying, like, when I talked about like the, the disorientation of the ending, I wasn't talking about after the games. I was talking about like in the game, in the games when like they have to go to the water, and then, the, you know, you don't like really know, oh. you, you don't know where Peter's gone then, and you don't know where a bunch of people are. Like, yes, and you don't know why Joanna like, attacked her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then, it, like, the last thing is, like, um, you know, Snow wanting her to shoot Finnick, which, like, I, I think even this time I felt it was, like, a very real possibility because you don't you don't have the full picture yet. You know, you don't know about mm. half the district's being, half the contestants' tributes being in on it. Um, That's true, yeah. Stuff like that. Like, Finnick could have betrayed them at that point. We don't know. Yeah, and she's like hiding from him beforehand, which I thought was like, like I still trusted Finnick, but it was like, yeah, I don't know. I just love the way the games end. It's really good. Yeah. But sorry, speaking of District 12 exploding, I, I was trying to figure out like what the populations are meant to be of the districts compared to the capital and their their size and stuff. I don't know if Jaden has some insight, but I just thought it was interesting how the districts multiple times in this movie are described as towns. You know what I mean? Not states, mm. not cities, not, and I sort of, and they do sort of feel like when you just seeing them on screen, like I sort of, to me, they give me the vibe of somewhere that has like a population of max twenty thousand people. That's sort of the impression I get. Well, I mean, obviously, like you know, when when there's the reaping scene and like everyone's meant to be there, and there's like clearly like a thousand people there, but you know, I can, I, I assume that's not like literally meant to represent everyone. So I sort of assume it's meant to be a bit larger than that maybe. But um, anyway, I was just trying to like put a picture on that in my brain. I don't know if you know, Jaden. Like, so there isn't like the official map like we talked about last time, but like the map that like mostly will go by, like the districts are quite large, like multiple states large, mm. mostly. Well, that would um, some of them are a bit smaller. Yeah. I, don't, I, I, I'm, I'm actually, I actually don't know. That's, a, that's an interesting question. Unless like they are like large areas that are just sectioned off into like a very small portion and the rest of it you just call uninhabited because you can't like control like that large of an area maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 And like 
the districts themselves are like significantly large areas. Like they'd have to be to cover the continental United States, like they do. But yeah, that is true. I mean, we know there's like woods and shit that are they, you're not meant to leave the border and that kind of thing. Yeah, that sort of makes sense. And when they refer to District Twelve, like traditionally, that they're more just talking about the the small controlled area of where people live. Here's some good backstory lore that I thought was interesting. The book describes the two previous quarter quells. For the first one, district members had to vote on who would be selected as the tribute. That is brutal. <laughs> but I, I feel like I'd, uh, that'd be kind of fun, oh, no. you know, in its own way. You know what I mean? Um, the second had. Twice as many tributes, two boys and two girls from every district. And the book also explains that that is the games that Hamish won. Oh, wow. So, so he came from impressive. the cream of the crop that uh... He absolutely did. Do you remember how Hamish won, Jaden? Like his uh, like his strategy or whatever? How he did it? Uh, he, he, used, he used the force field. And like that's a big deal in the book, I think, because like he's familiar with force fields um, before oh, yeah. like Beatty introduces her to it, I think. Um, but yeah. Yeah, because like he's yeah he doesn't actually kill the last person. No, oh that's what it was. Sorry, sorry. I actually read this. I read this before. It was correct if I'm wrong. I think it was he lured the other person to the force field and they threw an axe and it bounced back and killed them. Yeah, yeah, right. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Good job, Hamish. Well done. <laughs> Did the score stand out to you guys at all? I thought it was again sort of sticking with the the theme of this conversation. I thought it was a step up again. I just thought it was. Had some nice themes, and especially the opening stuff when they do some of the whistling, and in, they continue to incorporate that more and more, which makes sense. I thought it was good. Oh yeah, I mean, in general, the main theme is really awesome. Like the um, yeah, the, the this was a not, not not the score, but this was the back of the days when 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 movies had soundtrack albums that you, that you release, and you get like a bunch of fucking artists, and you like make a song for this movie. <sighs> Um, and like the closing credit one was Coldplay, which is great. But like, there is so many like across this one and like the Mockingjay like soundtrack. There's so many good tracks, especially on the Mockingjay soundtrack. You got Lord, um, oh, wow. where you have Flicker, and then like and like 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 uh, or the like Yellow Flicker bit, whatever. But then the Kanye West rework of of that into just Flicker, fucking awesome. Like back in like these 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 days of movie soundtracks. Mm. Like 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 artists with like artist contributions, fucking fantastic. Uh, is Barbie like the most recent example of that? Probably, I guess so. I haven't heard of it in a while. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. A lot of young adult movies back then did like the the Spider Man movies did. Yeah. Um, but Insurgent did and and Divergent and all that shit. Um, actually, like Haim and like Ma Three on like 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 the, these 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 soundtracks had like massive artists on them as well. Yeah, not, not just you know. Shitty indie people. No, for sure. I read, this is weird, I read in the trivia that Ed Sheeran wrote three different songs for this movie and they were all rejected. <laughs> so I don't know <laughs> yeah. what the hell was going oh, on there. It, yeah, even, even there. Um, fucking, he, because he ended up writing for um, The Hobbit. Oh, that sounds awesome, oh, yeah. by the way. Yeah. yeah. Like, 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 these are peak days, man. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, that credit song's fantastic. You guys could probably maybe predict I was going to ask this, but I had to. I thought it was too good of a conversation to pass up. The drink that you can have to make you sick and keep eating, yay or nay? Absolutely not. <laughs> Bro, the, the feeling of throwing up is so shit. Any, people that do tackies are just fucking beyond me. Cause like, what, what, like, what is that? A tactical vomit. Oh, what? People actually, so people actually, sorry. Oh, people actually do this. Like not with the drink, obviously, but like the idea. Well, yeah. So like, it's so like if you're, well, if you're feeling queasy, well, like, like often people like tacky on night, night outs, you know, you, you drink, 
and and you're and you're just about to cross the border, but you're like I want to keep on going in the night. You know, I don't want to throw up and get kicked out of the club. So people go into the to- to- into the toilets and actually like stuff their fingers down their throat to try and throw up there and you know be clean or whatever. Or you know, you just try and do it to like try and you know just you're meant to make yourself feel better. But I just like the, the, the feeling of throwing up just like sucks so much that like it just makes you feel worse to me. I don't know. Oh, absolutely. Like, people like that do tackies just fucking. I don't know. Wow, I've never heard of that term, but um, that's disgusting. Yeah, I totally agree with you. P- for me personally, like. Don't get me wrong. I'm a nay. I am an I am a nay. I just want to make that clear first. But if I'm going to do it for anything, I'm definitely going to do it for food. I'm not going to do it for like you know the night out or whatever or you know any other reason. I'm going to do it for the food. You know, if I were to consider it, if there's some good ass looking cake over there, I'm like oh really? I'd have to I'd, I'd I'd have to pause for a second. You know, bro, just keep on eating. Fuck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, I guess that's one way to do it. Okay. Now that's all good. Jane, you mentioned at the start, I didn't, I didn't want to wrap up. You felt the artistry was stepped up from the first film. Is that correct? Or no, you, it was no, not some artistry, the, I think you said. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Like the, the, the big one was like in the portrayal of violence. Um, the, like, you know, how the first one had that dullness to it. Yeah, that's true, actually. I, I just think, I, th- I think, I think the other one lent more into the conventions of like the game making as well. And like, you know, like a bit more into the voyeur cameras and like kind of. Not, not hugely, but like it, it kind of lent into like that kind of, uh, you know, competition filmmaking type side a bit. Okay. Um, whereas yeah. I feel like this one was just like a straight film and didn't really acknowledge that. Like there was no cutaways to Caesar and that, like explaining the games. Like yeah. it, it, it felt like it just because like you know like there is a convention that exists within the world that the first one acknowledges and this one doesn't. Yes. No. You're you're actually totally right about that. The games feel very much. I think they do cut away to Plutarch for some plot things, but. Yeah, the games feel very much like yeah, they're just an action not, scene in themselves yeah. and it's not much wider than that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I thought, I thought you were talking like more about like how in the first one they introduced like District 12 in a really interesting way where they like, you know, they cut into different objects and like that you kind of see the faces of the miners for like a few seconds. But here it's more kind of straight where you have like longer scenes and you, you kind of at the start you're like there's like a sunset shot and you're interested in there's just kind of conversation between gail and katniss um mm. yeah and like the miners are like integrated like the into the background kind of when they walk past them but it's not like it's not like an intentional like montage or anything um, yeah well that that is part of it as well like okay. yeah like i was just shooting the game convention as like the other example yeah, yeah even cool. like was it was like even like like in terms of like the shaker cam choice about like you know you don't want to Portray the violence, the steady cam, whatever. Like, was that mm. was that a power to you or not? I don't think it was. No, 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 no yeah. I don't think so. But but then again, like I think I think that maybe that losing that element is fine because Katniss is more of an experienced killer, so like you know it it, it shows a familiarity or something like that. So I, th- I think losing that one is probably a conscious choice, and I think that's fine. Well, obviously everything's a conscious choice in making a film. So 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 losing some things, I think, is fine like that because I think it enhances this story. Although, you know, it is that bit more straightforward. No, no, I think you're spot on. That's how, I didn't really think about that, but that's totally true. I don't think, yeah, I don't, those comparisons and the differences are totally there. I don't really see it as an issue for me, though. Like, I think the film just is so entertaining and flows so well by itself. And, and we've already talked about the other numerous improvements it makes that, like, you know, it definitely feels different in those ways. I agree, but it doesn't stand out as a negative necessarily for me. Hmm. What were the differences between like Gail and Katniss that you guys are talking about earlier? Because I can't remember if I picked up on that. Well, it, it's 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 the fact that 
her un- her her unwillingness to, to to lead a fight at this point. Yeah, it's, it's, it was is is the first rift, and then that kind of continues in the next one where like kind of where, where like it kind of exposes Gale's brutality, and like you see him just wanting to keep going further and further with like his kind of methods, where she just wants to find a resolution. That's kind of like the okay. that's kind of the difference there, because like I think like. You know, to to jump ahead, like you know, the the, the bombs I drop on the capital kids. I think that was Gail's idea, which just is obviously like absolutely abhorrent to Katniss. Well, yeah, and even in this movie, as a flip from the first one, when um, wait, I want to make sure I get it the right way around. Katniss wants to leave this movie, right? She wants to leave District Twelve, mm. and um, and Gail's not, not, and Gail's all about stay, staying and fighting, and you know, doing this shit now, you know. Okay, let's get to our final verdicts for the Hunger Games: Catching Fire, Jaden. To keep this with an eight kind of feels wrong because I think I gave the first one an eight. Um, this one is stronger than the first one, but like it, I, 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 it's still it's still in the same numerical territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah I'll, I'll cop it in. I'll, 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 it'll cop an eight. It'll cop an eight. All right, all right. Yeah. That sounds uh, kind of poor, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a strong eight as well. I really really thought it was a great movie. I was excited for it, and it lived up to it. I was impressed. Fitzy, I'll I'll grace it with an eight as well. <laughs> Very elegant. Now it's time for our highlights of the week. Oh man, Fitzy, what have you been watching? I finished watching season two of The Bear. Oh shit! Which was uh, really amazing. It was really. It was like um, it focuses more on like the camaraderie of like um, uh, chefs and people working in like a restaurant and. It focuses more on like the love for food and it's also just more about the process of building like a restaurant and like a culture and a team and oh, stuff. Nice. Um, oh, yeah. So I think it was like kind of everything you could kind of like predict from the trailer, uh, like being more positive and focused on those elements. Um, Cause the first, the first season, well, I think, uh, well, I still think the first season was like incredible. Um, it does have, it is kind of monotone and it's like focused on like intensity and work and that kind of thing. Um, he, he kind of have, yeah, you kind of have like the work life balance, like conversation. You have like cool things like that. You have, um, more like family shit and like all the characters, are, like, yeah, um, it adds something to it, like a lot of characters as well. So. It kind of does a euphoria thing where there's two or three episodes where it just focuses on one character and you're kind of like, oh, this is like the best fucking episode of the show. You know, it's fucking awesome. But no, yeah, it was like really incredible. So, yeah. Oh, Fitzy, you got me so excited right then. That's awesome. That's awesome. We're going to we're gonna jump into it next, I think. And um, cool. Oh, cool. That's so good. Everything, Literally everything you just said is exactly what I wanted to <laughs> hear out of this season. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's what I want more from the show. Jaden, what about you? I watched The Equalizer. I, uh, oh. I've never had an interest in this movie. I never cared. Oh, sorry. I came way too close there. I was trying to adjust something. No, you're good. Um, you're good. I, um, yeah, I've never had an interest in this movie. I always thought it was stupid even back 2014 when it was first released. Um, but I've been getting bombarded by the by, by, by ads for number three on Twitch. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I was, so I caved and I watched it. And it was, it was, it was pretty decent. Um, one of our mates did write a review on Letterboxd that pretty much sums it up, that, that it does just feel like John Wick's kind of boring brother um he, the, the question is like is he our mate because you know he's only following two out of the three people on this show so 
It, it really you, who's, who's you missing? That's all. Um, <laughs> well, like you may, yeah. yeah. Uh, I follow him, but he doesn't. He's not following me. That's, uh, that, that's interesting. Yeah, I keep going. What are we yeah. saying? Um, which, yeah, which is it's, it's a great summary of the film, honestly. Um, but it is still a lot of fun. Denzel's always great to watch. There, what is it about Denzel Washington where, like, even in just his straightforward performance, there is just something kind of engaging about him. Oh, 100%. 100%. Is, 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 it, is, it, yeah. is it just the way he talks or something? I don't know. There's got to be something yeah. in him that just, like, it just always makes him a fun to watch. Like, even even I, when I watched, um, what, Fallen, not Fallen, the other one, The Bone Collector a few weeks ago, he literally lies in bed for the entire film because his, his back's broken. But he's just so great to watch. But, yeah, no, it's like like the Equalizer did actually end up being quite like quite a bit of fun. But um, it is kind of, yeah, John Wick's lesser brother. All right. That's cool. That's cool. No, dude, you're spot on that, Denzel. I at that point, it, I feel like it, it's just him as a human being. Like he's just he just is a compelling human. I think that that's literally mm. I think all it must be at some point. I um I don't know if you did you watch Ahsoka, Jan? Did you start it? Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, you did okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I don't want to. I don't know how much I want to go on about it because I'm, I don't know how you feel, Jan. I feel like we got to do this on the show. Actually, yeah, I was going to ask that. I yeah. feel like I feel like Fitzy and I had had succession. You should do it when I get to Perth. It's actually perfect timing. I feel like it basically end, end, end of, of October. Yeah, is it towards the end of October? Yeah, I think so. I might be. I think the show will be done. I think that's actually sort of perfect. We should do. I think we should do that because you know Fitz and I had succession this year. Plus, I feel like it's like the spiritual successor to our Clone Wars episode three. Yeah, you know what I, mean? I, I was going to say that too. Oh, man. Yeah. All right, let's do that. I won't go too much, so let's do that. But um, I was really into it. Really enjoyed it. And um, the only criticism I have so far is that I just feel like some, the scenes just have a weird. Some of the scenes just feel too long. Like they've got, there's a weird flow to some of the scenes where I feel like it's some of Dave's maybe some interesting sort of transition happening where he's used to working with the animated runtimes, and it's just something's not quite gelling yet in terms of how he paces out a scene. Just really silly stuff like you know scenes where characters you know walk into a room and pick up an object. Like they just go on like. 20 seconds longer than they feel like they should. You know what I mean? It's just sort of, yeah. it's a weird thing. You, you need to watch it to maybe get a feel for it. And it's probably highly subjective as well. But um, I just feel like there's something weird going on there. And I hope um, we'll see how that changes and evolves if it, if it does. But um, everything so far, like character wise, storytelling wise, I'm super into. Like the first thing that really struck me is that this is the first Star Wars show that to me really feels like a Star, like I'm watching a Star Wars movie. Like it feels like, in terms of the storytelling and the scope of it and the characters they're setting up and the plot, you know, and, and obviously the choice to have a scroll at the start as well was very intentional. But yeah, just all of it just really speaking speaking my language in that respect so far in terms of the stuff on the page as well. And um, I don't think like budget-wise it looks as good as a movie yet or anything, but um, mm. sort of everything else is adding up in terms of this does feel like it's going to be. I don't think we're going to have any conversation at the end of this show in our review, Jan, about oh, that was a filler episode or anything. Like, it does feel like it's it's telling its story in parts, you know, so far at least. Anything uh, that I said resonate with you or anything you want to – you want to make a little time capsule of your thoughts now before we go any further? Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think an awkwardness does exist within each scene that kind of exists in The Mandalorian. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But doesn't in Andor. So I think it's just having that production team of Filoni back as well and mm. – Doing all that stuff. Yeah. I, I, I didn't want to acknowledge it because it's going to annoy me now and I think it's going to sit there presently for 
for me. Oh, yeah. But it's like, it, like, yeah, like it, it I think it did, it, it does exist. And, and, and I'm just, I, I hope it goes away. I hope I don't feel like that in the future. Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Dave, um, Dave directs only two of the episodes in the whole thing. It was the first, he, he directed the first directed one. the first right? one, Steph Green did the second. Um, yeah. But it existed in the second too, which sort of, if it, if it was less in the second, I would have more confidence, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But we'll see. There's going to be tons of different directors that come in and do different fun stuff, so. And then the interactions between Chopper and, and Harry oh my God. too. Oh, my God, dude. Dude, that also. That, that was, dude, that was directly it. transported from Rebels. 100%. Someone is, dude, that whole scene was like the writing of it and the and the performances. Like any skepticism I had about Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Hera went in that scene because it felt so perfect. It was like, oh, they, they did it. They nailed that. So, yeah. No, I was a big fan of that for sure. All right. Now comes a segment where we hand the show over to you with our question of the show. Last week we asked you, which sequel – is the most similar to the original movie. Where am I going here? Luke said, oh, Luke comes in with like a, the objectively correct answer and he says, Star Wars The Force Awakens and Star Wars A New Hope. <laughs> I don't think that actually, in my uh, some of my research, I don't think there's actually a better answer than this. <laughs> so mm. thanks for uh, thanks for spoiling the discussion, Luke. But uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll find some other things to discuss. Um, Andy comes in and he says, I thought I would compare the sequel to a film in the series that might not be the first um, which is fine, but I believe it to be an original masterpiece, an original classic, and my original movie in terms of my memorability. Once Upon a Time in China 4 is pretty similar to the second film in the series. The second film has a deluded Chinese nationalist cult with their own song slash chant, and their main goal is to kill off all white people in China. Wow, gee. Our real-life yeah. martial arts legend, Wo Fei Hung finds himself saving innocent foreigners and also gets into a main fight with the cult's leader who the cult members perceive as God. The fourth film has a completely similar subplot with their Chinese nationalist cult who wants to kill white people, but it's filled with ch- with chicks, making this the most feminist entry of the series so far. Wong also finds himself rescuing innocent foreigners once again and also gets into a duel with the cult's leader, but she's completely fugly, so whatever happens, she deserves to be killed. That's brutal. Thanks, Andy. That does sound very, very similar, actually. That's a, that's a good answer. I never would have, of course, never would have known about because I'm not cultured. What did we come up with for this? Because this actually, I think when we did a question similar to this, I think like a couple of months ago, I had like a shitload did of we? answers. We did, we did. I think we did the opposite, didn't we? We did um, like what is the oh, right, sequel? The most yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. That one, I had yeah. tons of answers. This one was harder. This one was mm. harder for sure. But yeah, what do you, if you came up with anything fitzy yeah well it was way more difficult than i thought it was um like i kind of had scream two and three like in my head when i uh mm. thought of the question because those are very similar um but like yeah i i had to consult dr google for this um die hard 2 was one that came up which was like you know a terrorist attack on christmas ah oh, okay yeah. uh die hard 2 is like at an airport and then like the hangover part two as well which is like Whoa, they got a Thailand in that one. Come on, that's completely different. <laughs> yeah, like apart from the location, like totally. Um, the plot points are very similar. I think they have to like rescue the same friend. Or maybe he's a different friend. <laughs> it's like this. I think it is the same friend. Yeah, right? I, I think he's like, oh, I don't want to spoil it, but they're very similar. But I think like Scream 2 and Scream 3 are 
I don't think Scream Two is that similar to the first Scream. Um, it it it's like more fun and like um, it's kind of yeah, it's less serious. And then Scream Two and Scream they they have similar like fake outs and stuff. And I think past that point, yeah, um, it gets a bit different. So there's my three answers. Yeah, sure, sure. When I was scrolling, I thought. Like as someone who's not into the horror genre, but I saw a lot of horror stuff, and I feel like that would have the most yeah. potential because oh, I was yeah. seeing, like, you know, all the reboots and all the w- weird shit that those franchises do. I thought for sure there'd be some good answers there, um, which is why I thought yeah. Jaden might have a good answer. Like slashes in general, like Halloween too, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Halloween came up. Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah Friday the Thirteenth, four and five are the good. Oh my god! Actually, I can't, I can't remember specifics um because that series does just blend together so much. No, I went. I went. I went for a more for a more recent kind of batch of films. I did look at Scream as well, but I picked Scream Five and similar to Scream One. I was thinking that, but um, oh no, yeah, like there, there, there is that 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 degree of difference. But uh, I think in terms of the Woodsboro setting and and just I don't know the opening is is very much up for sure. Like it, 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 I think it does. It's very similar. The other one I chose was Avatar: The Way of the Water. Is the same film, just uh, graphically reimagined. Yeah, I can see it. A reintroduction to a new to a new group of Pandorans. Uh, still got Stephen Lang trying to kill him. <laughs> still got Jake Sully being a cuck. Jake Sully, yeah, but Stephen Lang's blue this time though. Same, you know, oh, yeah. same exactly graphical reimagination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But same yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Mains is very good. I, I I had the Matrix Resurrections for being similar to the first one, which kind of is. Mm. You know what I mean. Wait, Jane, were you thumbing, thumbing down the movie or my answer? Your answer. Ah, uh, thanks, dude. No, there's, there's validity there. I did, I did, I did glance over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think it's a great answer, but yeah, no, there's definitely similarities. And for some reason, I feel like Twenty Two Jump Street similar to Twenty One. Oh yeah. Not like in everything or anything, but you know, all those movies follow a very similar structure. Where, well, first of all, like huge shout out to uh, Ice Cube because he's hilarious, but. Um, you know, he comes back and they go to the same place and they get a mission and then, you know, that makes sense, of course. But I think all those films follow a very similar su- structure where, you know, the characters sort of split up and have different connections and then they end up having a falling out, you know, in, in between the second and third act, at the end of the second act. And then, uh, you know, they come together and... Right. The only, the only difference is, like, who's cool and who's in the cool group. <laughs> exactly, like, exactly. The film, like, switches... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Which is great. Which is great. I mean, I like I like those movies. I enjoy them. Um, mm. But yeah, those two came to mind for me. But I struggled. I'm not going to lie. Along the same lines of that, I had I had Bad Neighbors one and two in mind as well. Oh, I haven't seen those, but that doesn't surprise me. They're not called Bad Neighbors anywhere else, are they? No, they're just called Neighbors internationally. Yeah, but obviously, we like, have Neighbors. Well, we did. Or I think we still do. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. No problem. As always, we'd love you to submit your responses, thoughts, and or reviews for next week's film in the YouTube comment section or the Instagram comments, or join the Discord server this week. The specific question we'll be asking you is, oh, this is, God, we're going to have to devote some time to this next week, I think. What is your- Well, actually, I, I request that. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a link uh-huh. in, in, in the Discord in the question of the week. And I request everyone fills out that link and then sends sends through the uh, final image oh, uh, as their answer. I'm fine with that. Yes. And that'll yeah, that actually like completely it's like a science at this point. Like yeah. first question of the week where that you have to do no subjective thinking. It's just 
right there. Yeah. No, that's cool. Algorithms. That's nice. Yeah. What is your favorite Pokemon? Imagine if next week we were just doing like Citizen Kane or something. <laughs> like something not connected at all. Well, well that plays into the joke because like Spooky mentioned how like like because I think it was, I think it was Indiana Jones the episode that he he is like someone mentions funny how we go from like talking about a classic to talking about Pokemon. So like that would fit the joke. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah alas, we're not actually. Well, I mean, hey, maybe we'll pick another Pokemon question in a, ra- a random week. Why not? But anyway, that's that's not what's going on here. Fitzy, what are we doing next week? We're doing Jaden's favorite film of all time, um, Detective Pikachu, which has landed recently on Netflix, but it's also on Foxtel and Paramount Plus. Nice. Have you seen it, Fitzy? No. No, I haven't either. Cool. Cool. All right. Can't wait to come in and yeah, shit on it. Terrible, it's, yeah, it's going to be a terrible experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, Ken Wontanabe's in it, right? That'll be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, so man. how familiar, because I, I know, I think, Zach, you've, you're a bit more familiar with the series than Liam is, right? With Pokemon, like the anime. With Pokemon, no, just with the games or right, yeah. anything well, in general in, rega- in regards well, to it. Yeah. I've been like th- three of the games, I think. Yeah, because you played up like like two, like at least Gen Six, right? Um, Seven, maybe. I don't know which ones which. I I what? I beat the last one. I beat well. I beat Let's Go Eevee on my Switch, and then I before that I beat like X and Y was my first big one for me. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's good because you, you'll have a bit more familiarity with some of the Pokemon in it, which is what I was worried. Oh. Because people tend to complain about like, I don't know these Pokemon. Well, obviously, you're fucking another Pokemon. You watched it once twenty years ago, and then you jumped right, in. Right. 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 Okay. You know. Okay. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's good. So Liam may have that issue though. Uh, I played. I played fucking Hot Girls on Silver, Black Two. Yeah, season uh, fucking Gen Four, <laughs> Gen Six. Yeah, now. I played Moon. Black Two. Played Moon. Or Gen- oh, I played Moon. Oh, Sun and Moon. What's that, Gen 7? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I better flex my knowledge. Okay. Oh okay, good. God, next week's going to be a... So, so, so no complaining about about who these Pokemon are? Oh, no. I'll definitely complain. I don't know any Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm looking forward to it. All right. That's it for this week's episode. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Appreciate Liam and Jaden for joining me. As always, have a great rest of your week and goodbye.